Some people seem to move almost effortlessly from planning into action, but appearances can be deceiving. It all comes down to having a process that works for you. I'm your host, M. David Green. Hack the Process is a show about looking at the systems and processes that we build our lives around to support mindful, meaningful progress. This show explores ways that people get past that pivot point, from having a fantasy to putting something real out there into the world. If you're ready to stop planning and fantasizing and start taking action, let's hack the process together. What can you learn about someone in 12 minutes? If you're Angel Jones, there may be no limit. Angel hosts the 12-Minute Convos podcast, where he's interviewed close to 2,000 people in less than two years, focusing in on the qualities that define a unique brand for each and every one. In this episode of Hack the Process, Angel will tell us about the mastermind network that inspired him to get started with his podcast, explain how he came up with the questions he uses to structure his shows, and describe the logistics of scheduling and recording over 800 interviews in just 12 weeks. Today I'm speaking with Angel Jones. He's the author of Your Own Unique Real Self and a podcaster who's done some amazingly prolific work. Angel, how are you doing today? I am excellent, my friend. It's a great pleasure to be here with you. It is a test to mindfulness. (laughs) Is it? How so? Well, you know, today was one of those days when I spent the entire day, or should I say invested the entire day in power washing a property that we just moved into wow, have I been power washing? And to the end of it, I was thinking I could possibly put off this conversation again. And then I thought, uh-uh, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've put off this conversation a couple of times, but that's because you've been very busy. You've got so many people you've interviewed on your podcast, 12-Minute Convos, right? Yeah, definitely. 12-Minute Convos. Yeah. You being one of them as well, right? One of those individuals I remember, which is for me a high indicator that I enjoyed the conversation because I'm having so many conversations. Usually I need to go back and listen But I remembered your voice and I remembered the conversation and the rhythm with which that conversation went. Episode 1,556. You even remember the number. I don't say, I can't even say that I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) But I I also remember that conversation with you and there there was a great resonance there. And honestly, I, I found your show because I was going to be interviewing somebody who had been interviewed by you before. And I was looking for previous podcasts he'd been on. This was Julian Hayes. Yeah. And he, he was a guest on your show a while back. And I listened and I loved the format. And then I saw the number of people that you interviewed and how quickly you went through them and yet how powerful each episode that I tuned into was. It was really very impressive. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. That means a lot coming from you. I'm sure that you were listening deeply. So uh, that means a lot. Thank you very much. I pay attention and you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I interview not nearly as many people, but I interview a lot of people. So it, one strikes me. It makes a difference. And the format that you've come up with is really remarkable. The way that you go so quickly and get so deep. I appreciate that. Listening has become a skill now so much that being interviewed, being the person being interviewed now, I I have to remind myself, okay, that's your key to talk about that. (laughs) 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 Listening is definitely something that has brought so much more value to my life. I have to remind myself, okay, you're being interviewed. But yes, the questions. So the questions you spoke about, those came in a most interesting way. I remember going into my son's bedroom and saying, I need to hack 
using that word, pun intended, these questions, right, hack the process of what I was experiencing through listening to other podcasts. You know, I came up with those questions and they've been buffed a bit, polished, pun intended. Again, if you listen to David's episode, they've been polished. It's grown. My favorite part being the earliest childhood memory segment where things get interesting, I find. Yeah, the podcast has been a testament to something that you do a lot, which is hacking the process. Yeah, I needed to accomplish a huge amount of podcasts in a short amount of time because I wanted to be the fastest podcaster in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was quite an ambition. And I think you managed to accomplish that, which is remarkable. But what made you want to do that? Why was that your goal? It started off with many things, you know. I'm always asked this question and I wonder what's the best way to answer it. But one of the things that I, I find necessary is that it's always good to have a short scope, David. Like short and not attempt to be and go too fast. So initially, when I started off my first podcast, which was called The Jonesy Money Show, right? <laughs> Never <laughs> launched. <laughs> that was surrounding that time in my life when I got out of debt after going through what living in debt carries you through. So I got out of debt and I wanted to help as many people get out of debt. And I came up, I was listening to Dave Ramsey's show at that time, right? He has a radio show that he just dumps out as podcasts, right? But I, I was able to listen to that. Again, the benefits of podcasting, which is play on demand, right? So I listened to that and that was great. So the Dave Ramsey show and I came up with the Jonesy Money Show. That, I did one episode. <laughs> <laughs> Was that an interview show or was that like... It a, was an interview. Yeah. It was an interview. Yeah, I coached this one guy to get out of that. Oh. Yeah, I interviewed him. He he did pretty well on the path to getting out of that and achieving his dreams. But it we didn't launch it. And then my wife did a podcast. I encouraged her to do a podcast after writing a book. And um, the name of her podcast was The News Jones Show. She writes and simplifies health disorders. And I thought it was necessary for her to create that, right? Which would then point other people to what she does. And then she, like the gas ran out, right? Mm -hmm. We were in the studio and I said, okay, it's time for me to do my podcast. And I was doing this 12-minute format in an online community powered by Aaron Walker, which is called View from the Top. It's men that get together, masterminding. And I thought, oh, we're online and we meet once a week. It would be cool to meet everyone. So there were about 100 people in there. And I came up with this format together with Nico Mellet, who was in um, Australia. He's an Excel buff. I should introduce you to him. He is an Excel king. He created the sheet, the Excel sheet. I've got all the guys on there with their Calendly link. Of course, Calendly gives you that one free appointment. So guys jumped in, they set up that. And I started speaking with everyone there. So I came up with that there. And then I said, okay, I'll do the 12-minute Convos podcast. So I have guys from that group on Jim Judge being my first episode. Oh my, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I would ask questions like, and it would song, what is your earliest childhood memory? <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, very different from the way you ask the questions now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But definitely, I think for those listening, it's necessary to understand the value in starting and the value in analyzing what you're doing and listening even to what you do, right? And what you say. As terrible as it may seem. I have a, I have something though for your audience. If you're doing a podcast and it's challenging to listen to yourself, one of the cheats I do is to listen to myself on 2x. It helps, right? <laughs> so you're not hearing the tone. <laughs> yeah, it's like the chipmunk, so it, it helps. Everybody says that they don't like hearing their own voice. I guess listening to it at 2x, you can just listen to the words. You don't have to hear that voice in your head. Yeah, it changes the tone too. The, ch- the tone change helps a lot, I think. Because I'm listening to myself and, oh, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> That gives you a chance to be a little bit more objective. Although I have to say, you have a beautiful voice and that's one of the things that makes your podcast so appealing beyond the content. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think you have a great voice as well, my friend. I use uh, affirmation cards every day and you said beautiful and the card that I took out today was beauty. Oh, nice. That was a gift given to me here by Mary Lennon from England. She sent that my way. Amazing cards, but that, yeah, beautiful and beauty. I don't think I'm familiar with those affirmation cards. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm sorry, I have none with me. Usually I have them close by, but I'm in another room tonight. But yeah, it's some small cards and she has words like peace, joy, beauty, you know, being, love. Nice. Really nice words. Like take one out and attempt to reflect on them every day. Really helps mindfulness, I would say. I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit about your mindfulness practice. Sure. Yeah. It'd be my pleasure to share. 12 is built into my brand in in all aspects of my life, right? So I have 12 week goals. And then one of my goals I have, I plan around MSC, PFPF, which is mental, spiritual, career, physical, financial, personal, and family. So there's seven of them. I got that from Zig Ziglar, amazing guy. He says, you know, you should plan your goals around these seven spokes, these seven spokes that make your wheel. And if the seven spokes are balanced, then you wouldn't have a bumpy ride. Mm -hmm. So mental for me is where I'm reading. Spiritual is where I'm meditating. I have one thing I do now because the first time I got to this, like I set a goal for like everything three times and I was tagging off this on my Excel sheet every week and it just got to be too much. So now what I do is plan one thing. Like I spend time thinking of one thing that surrounds everything where it interlaps. Writing every day helps me to just become grounded, but I'm always writing in a quiet place and it's always like three, four lines, stop, think, then write again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I read, so I do read the Bible. I love Proverbs, yeah? Ooh, I love me Proverbs. Solomon is amazing. And so I'm, I'm reading that and then I'm writing. And then what else is there? So there's the word, as I said, which I pull every day. And then I say, thank you. I say, thank you, Lord, for these three things every day. And then I write that word and it's in there and I attempt to reflect on it. I share it with Amanda, my wife. Like sometimes I say, check this out. This is the word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I meditate pretty often. My new thing is meditating with music. I love the Native American flute or pipe thingy they blow. Ooh, that's, that puts me in a zone. That's nice. This is a daily practice for you. You go through all of these steps every day. 
Yeah, it sounds like a lot, but it's pretty simple, though, right? It's it's me getting up, and then I do life, and then around eight eight thirty a.m., I just sit back, and this is. But I've picked the card just before I ran off, so the card is there, and then when I sit, I do that. It's really really simple. The meditation comes in the night before I go to sleep. I usually attempt to go for like thirty to forty minutes. And this is a routine, I assume it's evolving in your life all the time, like changing as you adapt. Yeah. So my wife, she thought I didn't pick a card. And yesterday she picked evolving. This is getting scary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm just curled up here in your ear right now talking to you. (laughs) It has definitely evolved. I've been meditating for a bit. So in my earliest childhood memory, my friend, I was sitting in my parents' bedroom and I was looking out a window, which is in an easterly direction. And I was aware of everything that was going on, but yet I was not into it. So I figure at that tender age, I was meditating. So I've been meditating for a bit. It's it's like the place where I find strength. It's, it's something I need like vitamins. And yeah, I need to sit quietly and figure things out before I move. It makes sense. And it seems to have provided you with an incredible amount of discipline because as you pointed out, your wife had started a podcast, it sort of petered out. And then you dove into this podcasting and in such a disciplined way, you made so many episodes and you did so much and so many people try this. And you know, after five, 10 episodes, they just stop, but you just kept on going. I think that people would love to hear what goes on in your head that keeps you going with this. I, I do honestly love, oh, I try not to put honestly in there, right? But because I'm usually always honest, but I do love conversations, David. I do love them. That part is pretty easy. The task is to like edit these things and get them out, right? And then schedule these things and then get people on the podcast. What's going on in my head is usually, yeah, I wonder if you will line up with the idea I have or not. And that idea is that each person is created uniquely. My thing is in yours, which is, so it's yours, your own unique real self, is to create a brand of your own unique real self. I I believe that each person has that ability. I believe it's the best way to build your business, to build your life, like diving, looking back, seeing what's the unique thing that's been consistent, and then diving deeper into it. Because it's the key, like, why would you want to be a carbon copy? Take the tools and carbon copy those, but be sure to keep that unique you going. And that in itself helps to fuel the fire. After a thousand and one conversations, yours came, which is your own unique real self. And now on 1987, so after a thousand and one, I was dripping in episodes, right? And then I started and I got to 1987. So I set a goal to have 800 conversations in 12 weeks for 2017. So 2016, the goal was 1,509. I got to 1,001. Was that a failure? Yes, I didn't get the goal, but I got 1,001, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And then in 2017, I set this goal again to have 800 conversations in 12 weeks. 
Because I thought it would be cool. It would be do- pretty doable. But what I did was I targeted podcasters, right? Like I wanted podcasters to get this opportunity because the podcast is a great lead magnet. You could use this for your audience so that other people can get to know you a bit better, right? And then if I know you, then it's easy to purchase from you if it resonates with what I do or who I am. So I've targeted podcasters and wow, I got to 811 in 2017 and 12 weeks. That is amazing. Yeah. No, there's something else coming out, right? Because I mean, I did yours. So there's something else coming out, but it's a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the people are just going to have to pay attention and watch. And when it comes out, be sure to let me know so that I can update the show notes for your episode and people can find out. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So you targeted podcasters. It was one of the things I was going to ask you because you have such a diverse group of people you've interviewed on your show. And I know one of the challenges for, for my own show has been finding the right mix of people that would really have useful process hacks that would resonate with my audience. Your solution to finding good people to interview was to go with podcasters. At that point here, podcasters are really fascinating because usually podcasters are side hustling, right? (laughs) So, So yes, they are podcasters, but a podcaster could be doing something in one specific area and then they have a job in another area that doesn't line up. Like you're wondering, okay, well, how, how did you start doing that, right? And in that, it brings a beauty to what they're going for as to who they are, what they're doing. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. And I've, I've noticed that with a number of the people that have been the most interesting guests, they're the ones who have a financial career that supports themselves and then a side hustle that fulfills fills their spirit, their soul, that does the thing that they're motivated to do. I'm not sure if they should cross over. I'm, I'm trying to figure that one out. Like, is it the best thing for them to fully cross over and do the thing they love? Or does it bring value in that they're doing this thing that brings the finances, but they, like one thing seems to be supporting the other. Like, not so good life helps make this really good life sometimes. And then they're like training things going on on one side. So on the day job side, people's skills are growing. And then on the, the, the podcast side, because of the things you didn't like, it's funny. So yeah, it's just one of the things that I'm just wondering if it, if it is correct to tell someone you need to live your all, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the lifestyle entrepreneur dream where everything in your life aligns around this one magic vision of how you want your life to be. Yeah. I'm not too sure if, well, I guess, you know, Pareto's law 80-20, it, it's a big conversation. I'll definitely not take you there, David, but it's, I just wonder if one thing should be taken away completely to let the other thing grow. I'm not too sure about that just yet. Have you figured it out? Well, actually, since I'm interviewing you, I think I should ask you how that works in your life. I've seen on your website, you do financial planning. I'm curious how that integrates into the rest of the work that you're doing with your podcast and your book. Yeah, I do a few things. So in 2016, I stepped away from my day job for one year. I dived into developing brands, three brands specifically, my mother's, my wife, and myself. So Amanda Jones, Cassandra Jones, Angel Jones. That was, that was crazy, but it was fun, right? But what I do with my brand is I do accountability groups that surrounds yours. So yours is actually like a weekly thing we do where we dive a bit deeper from what we've done in the podcast 
that brings in my revenue, one of them. And then I have other things that I do as well. In 2017, I returned to my day job. And I was asking myself, and this is why I was wondering what I was just speaking about. I was asking myself, okay, I'm returning to my day job. What have I still to learn? Because it has to be that I need to learn something else because what I want to do, I'm not able to do it full time just yet, right? And I went back and I think, well, I'm just about to leave my day job. So I think I learned this one thing. And it's that your entire environment can change because you changed. I thought it was the other way around. I thought everyone else needed to change. and <laughs> <laughs> But there is a true value when you change and you, you start to connect with people on who you are, like who, and, and just be proud of who you are, not prideful, but proud of who you are, and then interact with them on that level. I think that was a one big lesson for 2017. I think we're always reflecting and mirroring individuals from ourselves. So I think I needed to understand that and then see people for who they are, as opposed to seeing in them myself. I think I can follow that. And the part of the question comes down to, can you do this thing and still bring your own unique real self to it, even if it's not the thing that you are imagining yourself doing? Yeah, most definitely. Because one of the things I believe is that if you help enough other people get what they want, you will get what you want. And just in that, it means that it's not the people you choose to help, but there are people that will choose you. And they may not line up with what you think is your ideal customer or client or friend. And it's the one thing is they need help. They can look like anything and they could speak like anything. But the one thing is they need your help. So most definitely it can line up because that means they can exist in different areas than the one area you think they'll be in. That was huge. <laughs> that was huge for me. <laughs> Yeah, the universe is not known for giving you what you expect, but it usually gives you what you need. Yeah. And yeah, like I was thinking today while power washing, the thing you believe you need is so much less than the thing you will receive or you can receive. Like I've received some things. I wouldn't give myself such great things. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like I would do two bedrooms, but if I receive six bedrooms, like I'll be wondering, oh, do I deserve that? And I've seen those things happen in my life. Like, so yeah, you're on point. I'm David Green. So you're setting yourself up to be able to receive these things as well. You have to be receptive and you have to have, you have to be open to them when they come to you. And it comes back again to helping enough other people get what they want and you will get what you want. I've had dreams and I've seen that those dreams fulfilled in ways that no one but me knows that those were the things I wanted. So it's, it's really fascinating. And you're the only one who has to know. I'm loving this conversation. I would love to take you back. You mentioned just when you were back starting this podcast, when you were working with your wife on her podcast, you mentioned something about being in a mastermind group back then. So you were already thinking about this sort of thing 
weren't you? Yeah, yeah. How did that work? I mean, did you come to this mastermind with an idea in mind of what you wanted? And what, what was the nature of it? I'm curious. Well, I was reading a lot. I still read a lot. So I remember reading, I think everyone who's, who aligns mastermind aligns it with Think and Grow Rich. And yeah, I, I read about this mastermind thing. But the way I connected with the mastermind is Aaron Walker got a plug from Dave Ramsey. So I went to Entree Leadership, which is Dave Ramsey's like four day, come spend time with us and learn how we'd run our business in Tennessee. Went to that. And then I returned, did financial coaching master series with his team. And then I saw this thing come out with Aaron Walker speaking on men and how men need accountability and no one can speak to men like men. I cooked up with him and then we had a conversation. And that's how I got into that part of the mastermind, which has been phenomenal. That has been life-changing. I think it really works. I know people say it a lot. It doesn't need to cost $5,000 to be in it. Like having accountability is something I would so suggest to others because it helps, especially when it's really cool people. Like I've heard of masterminds where everyone is in there for the business. Yeah. And I have this business and I'm connecting with you because you have this business and let's see what we can do. But when it's just really conversations and me saying, hey, Hey, my son is giving problems in school. And then the other person says, my son as well. And I'm doing this. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. That, my friend, is like real masterminding for me. That brings real value in life. Business, of course, yes, we can't help it. But those things surround it as well. I've talked with a number of people about masterminds, and it seems the people who are most enthusiastic about their masterminds are the ones whose groups are not people who even share the same industry, but who get together because they're at that same point in their lives that they're ready to move on to, to whatever's next. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, because I mean, like one of the guys in our mastermind group, one, he paints cars, like no one else in the group does that, right? But he definitely is moving on to um, the other cycles of life, right? Like married, wants to have his business full time, is about, well, I'm guessing we'll have a child soon. Yeah, so it's the really like the life cycle and wanting support. Accountability. Support is a form of procrastination as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Speak more on that point, please. <laughs> I was listening to War of Art, Stephen Pressfield. He said support can be another form of procrastination. I was like, yeah, he's correct. Like, I've found myself doing that. Hey, David, I need your support on something. Well, Angel, probably it's not time. That's after I tell you. I'm, I'm not sure I want to do this. And, oh, it's bugging me, you know, to do this. Oh, should I do it? And then you say, well, probably it's not time. I was like, yes. <laughs> asking for support can also be an excuse not to move forward with something. It's like asking permission instead of just doing the thing you know you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Hearing it from a scrum master, folks. <laughs> 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 yes, well, I've seen that happen before. You're still in the same mastermind that you were in when you started this? Or it's a yes. I could say yes. <laughs> Ma no, masterminds are fluid things. They evolve over time. Yeah, they, it evolved a bit. So, yeah, it's the same guy leading the group. Yeah, but he isn't affiliated with the first group that he was in. But it's I'm in the same group. Yeah, so it's been... Yeah, it's been a while. How many people are in that? Currently, we have Gabriel, Paco, 
Angel, Jamie, and then there's one other guy, two other guys that just came in. Paul. Yeah, so six of us. That's nice. It's a small group. You can really give each other some attention. And do you meet face-to-face or is it on online? There? It's online, yeah. International. Yeah. A few people from all over the world, yeah. It's one of the wonderful things. The technology gives us the opportunity to become so intimate and get so much support, not procrastination support, but <laughs> <laughs> to, get, to get that sense of, of community with people, even when they're, we're so remote. Yeah. That was the name of Aaron Walker's thing as well, the community. Just, I mean, you just keep pointing out these words, but yeah, the community was his thing. And that was cool too. Like I did that for a year. Aaron Walker is an awesome guy. He He's the guy that gets it done. He makes you get it done. That's excellent. And when we were talking a little bit about your own unique real self, I don't think I was aware that in addition to the book, you had groups that get together around this. Can you tell me how that's structured or what that's about? Sure. So we have an average of three to four people in there. It's structured around the book again. What I did on the podcast is I found a way to communicate someone's story and then connect it to what they do. There's more to that. And of course, there are other things that you can connect in your life. And I'm having total, total, like a whole heap of fun doing that in groups. Because what happens is other people confirm the thing that I would have said by saying it before me <laughs> <laughs> to the individual that needs to hear it. So it's not even like I'm just there and I'm saying, hey, well, this is what I think it is. And no, it's to hear someone that doesn't know you, except for the cause that you've been having with them. Identify that you line up with something you've described brings great value to the individual's confidence, to the individual's determination, to their discipline. It brings value like nothing you can imagine. I'm now into the second segment of that. So I was testing. I never sell things unless I test it. It just, it's not who I am. Like it has to work. It has to be tested before I can sell it. We've been testing. We have four groups that we've been running silently, right? Like really just in the background. March 31st, the podcast, 2018, the podcast is going to be two years old. Yeah. So I want to launch yours accountability groups on a larger scale, knowing that I've already gone through two segments and I've seen the reactions, which is like almost a year of testing, right? But I'm like Steve Jobs here, right? It's like, I'll have to press release of the Apple. <laughs> <laughs> you're refining it you're making sure that it's really what you want to be standing behind yeah it has to be and more so like one of the young ladies in there she this week passed right she was like you know i was taking a shower angel and i was wondering would you consider if i know you're always wait wait i know you're always one step ahead but are you considering letting us teach this i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> And that, like this week, just reflecting on that felt so great because I didn't need to say that. Like she is feeling that. She's, she says, because when I describe it to people, like I say, you just need to do it. <laughs> 
That is great. That brings value. It's wonderful when the universe reflects back to you exactly what was in your mind. Yes, my friend. It is beautiful when that happens. So the podcast itself, one of the things that always intrigued me about your podcast, people who do podcasts often talk about, do I have enough episodes that I can go out and get a sponsor? And you you have self-sponsored all of your episodes in that you're promoting your own book, you're promoting your wife's books. I'm curious how that came about. I didn't want to like oh, dilute the content of what I was doing. So 12 minute convos and three ads. Like if I enter into that space, I'm not saying that I wouldn't. I'm just saying it has to like really align with what I do because it could dilute the power of a conversation I'm attempting to portray. And that's why we start the way we start. And that's why we share the way we share. And then the family value is why my wife is being advertised there because I am attempting to walk the talk of the life I live. It's fascinating. Like we have bookcoverdeals.com as well, right? Where we design book covers. But that business, I've never advertised that business on the podcast, right? But again, it's because I do not want to dilute like I've, you could imagine how many people have told me I need to advertise right on that podcast and make a ton of money, but it's not the purpose of it. Knowing the purpose and sticking to that, that's vital. And the other thing about your podcast that fascinates me is just the logistics of trying to keep that many people channeled through on such a regular basis. You're scheduling people in 15-minute increments so you can do 12-minute interviews. How do you manage the logistics of that? It's been a task. One friend asked me to like put up a camera so people can see exactly what happens and what I'm doing. It's a task, my friend. Uh, Calendly helps tremendously. Calendly does the auto scheduling for me. And I've had a ton of practice here in terms of shortcut keys and getting around conversations. Sometimes while I'm speaking, I attempt not to do anything, but there are times that I am bouncing out the previous episode while I'm talking to the person, right? <laughs> <laughs> to the other person. I'm sorry, I don't have my stats here, but I've had lots of conversations, sometimes 40 conversations in a day, but I, rest is important. So you see my calendar, like my calendar, I always split into speak, rest, speak, rest, speak, and then chunk off family time and then return to speak and then power nap and then speak, rest. It's a lot. But I have the idea in my mind, um, it's like so much. This is an entire podcast to speak about what I do and how I do it. But it's a lot of mindfulness that's going on. Because can you imagine asking those questions 811 times over for the 12 minutes? Because it is a templated question format, right? So you can imagine what goes on here, right? In my mind. But a lot has to do with my, like I'm meditating every night when I'm podcasting because I have to get it out of my mind and relax and then start over the next day. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the, the questions that you ask, they're not lighthearted, superficial questions. You're getting deep with people and you have to stay very present with them. Which is fun, but um, that definitely creates a, a room. The virtual room is so powerful. <sighs> the virtual room is very powerful. And then entering into the mentality of individuals in the virtual room is very powerful as well. 
Well, sometimes it could not be. Like sometimes I've had people on the podcast who they haven't listened to the podcast. For those listening, if you're going on a podcast, it always helps to listen to the podcast. Even if you are the most popular person in the world, I will note to you the most popular people in the world do listen to the podcast they're going on. It helps. <laughs> it helps. But I've had people on who are really big business people who are just there for the value of promoting what they're doing, which is cool. Like, that's what it's about to some point. But I've had people on who they aren't the biggest thing in the business world, but they've listened to the podcast, they've connected to what the questions are, and they come prepared. And those conversations have been the best for me, straight out. It makes perfect sense because you you have to be taking energy from that in order to sustain yourself while you're going. Boom. There we go. And that's how I go on. It's because I'm feeding off the energy of each person when they come on. They're coming on and they have 12 minutes. So it's psyched and they're in the zone and they're there. And I get to feed off of that. Like I could get really, really excited according to who I'm speaking to. And it's not that I need to be excited to be energized. Again, David is like, yeah, the cool guy. But the depth <laughs> of the conversation, the depth of the conversation is what brings value that he's an open slate like yeah let's do this and that that for me my friend is is where the value is and i again i think it helps your brand because when people can connect to your story the thing they'll always remember your story then that will create that echo that ripple effect across your business one of the things I love about your show is the way that you take a structured conversation and make it seem fresh every single time. I, I keep my conversations loose and flowing so that they can go wherever the conversation needs to go. But you've managed to come up with a structure and enough attention that you can keep things fresh. I'm impressed with that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, for me, it's always a new page I'm painting on. I love creativity. And, you know, I've worked with graphic artists and they said, hey, okay, so what do you want? Okay, I want this, but I'm not going to tell you much more because I'd like to see the creativity that you'd like to put before I suggest anything else. And that's the conversation that I've been having with everyone. It's, hey, these are my questions, but I would like to hear your unique response to them before I even add or subtract sometimes in the conversation. Because that is where the beauty is created. When one individual who knows themselves connects with the other individual who knows him or herself. And that is where it's, it's really beautiful right there. It's art being created in conversation. So I, I know what listening to the shows is like. I'm curious what the podcast response has been like. How how has the response been to the show and to the brand and to the book that you've created out of it? It's been phenomenal. Well, for me, it's been pheno phenomenal. Again, so my expectations haven't been met <laughs> because it's been high. But yeah, the book sells pretty often every day. It's selling Kindle more often than paperback, which is disappointing for me because it is a workbook and I would like people to like interact with it until I heard about people who print it off and then they write in their answers, right? Which is cool. The accountability group is cool. The podcasts and the downloads are pretty cool as well. Like we do pretty well on that side again for me. But what is really exciting is that the concept of momentum. I remember when I started podcasting and I think I got like 25 downloads 
And I was like, ooh, I can't wait for the day when I get like hundreds of downloads. And then I got hundreds of downloads. And then I said, can't wait to get thousands of downloads. <laughs> and then I got thousands of downloads. And I said, you know, I can't wait to get hundreds of thousands. Of, and then I stopped myself. I said, you know what? No, this again is not the purpose of, of why I am doing what I'm doing. So I use Libsyn to host my podcast. And I have on the shortcut tab of my browser, the Libsyn link that carries me to drafts so that I don't get to see the downloads count <laughs> because that bar that Libsyn has in front there. But I mean, sometimes I just need to look, right? But it's been good. So the response, getting back to your question, has been great because I've achieved what I wanted to achieve, which is building a network, building community. I'm pretty popular across the podcasting world and in different areas in the social world. But the thing is, I am what my brand was, the three words, most trusted voice. It's the thing I wanted to create. I wanted to create the most trusted voice so that when I say, hey, this is something I believe in, someone can follow through and get what I said they would get. I want it to be the most trusted voice. So to create a brand of your own unique real self, that's what I am doing. And so the measurement of your success is not the metrics on the number of downloads. It is your momentum toward what you're trying to accomplish for yourself. The metrics can never tell me exactly what I'm accomplishing by downloads. It will not represent. I didn't go into the podcast for that. What happens is the people and the places my voice is being amplified to is more important to me. Well, I think all of us out here can't wait to hear and see what's coming next from you. And so I'd love to know where you would recommend I send people to find out more about you and the things that you're doing. You can check out the podcast, 12minuteconvos.com. It's the best place to go. And you know what you'll see there? You'll see 12 Minute Convos podcast. Listen in and yeah, it's, it's the best place. Other than that, check out yours. So... Yes, for David Green, I'll tell you, yours was the first book and the second book is going to be called Yourself. Oh. And it stands for your own unique real self expressing life fully. <laughs> That's an exclusive. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Angel Jones, thank you so much for being on Hack the Process. This has been a fantastic conversation. Hey, I appreciate you tremendously, ma'am, David Green. Are you glad you listened to this episode of Hack the Process? Then take an action now. Make a note about something you just heard and how it's going to help you as you hack your own process. And let me know about it. This has been M. David Green, your host for Hack the Process. You can tweet me at Hack the Process, leave a review for the show on iTunes, and visit hacktheprocess.com to check out the show notes for this episode and join our community of process hackers. Thanks for listening. <laughs>